And then people who like don't have either don't have insurance at all or don't have insurance that covers it, they're kind of really, they're just struggling because Mm -hmm. they have to choose between paying their rent or paying to be alive. (laughs) It's crazy. Yeah. Welcome to the Problems We Face podcast. My name is BD Marciari and I'm joined by Lily Snoffer. Okay, so Lily and I go to school together, and why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay, well, my name's Lily, of course. (laughs) I am 16 years old, and I have type 1 diabetes, Mm -hmm. which is what this podcast is about. Yep. And I really like rock music. That's me. (laughs) (laughs) And that sums it up. Okay, why don't you tell us, like, a little bit about your background with diabetes, like, when you got it and stuff like that? Sure. So, I was diagnosed when I was two, which Mm -hmm. sounds kind of crazy. It's like, wow, you were really little when you got diagnosed that must have been really hard but actually I'm kind of grateful for it because I didn't have any routines or anything that I had to change I was like basically a baby (laughs) so there was nothing I had to do it was only my parents it was my parents changing their routines and everything and they basically did everything so once I started going to school my dad came (laughs) pretty much every day because I was what four or five so he would come and be like oh I'm here to help out the class and then he would really just like help me with my medical (laughs) issues I didn't have any of this special technology like an insulin pump or a glucose monitor because they weren't really developed properly at that time. So Mm -hmm. I just got insulin injections whenever I ate. So my dad was there for the first couple of years at my school to help administer those. And then once I got older, it was just the nurse helping me. Interesting. Okay, so before we truly get into your story, just for those who don't know, can you talk about what is diabetes and the difference between type 1 diabetes and type 2? Yes. So type 1 diabetes is also called beta cell immunodeficiency. So it affects the pancreas and it affects the production of beta cells. It basically, uh, beta cells basically take the glucose or sugar out of your blood. And my pancreas stopped producing them when I was two. So I, when I was diagnosed, the signs of diabetes type one are getting super, super skinny, peeing a lot, um, being extremely thirsty and really nauseous. So that's the signs of type one diabetes. And the difference is type two diabetes is more of just insulin resistance and insulin is the drug or the hormone that takes the glucose out of your blood. And type 1 diabetes is the entire absence of insulin in your body. And type 2, it can get to needing um, insulin injections or specific care that a type 1 diabetic would need, but a lot of times it can be treated with just diet and exercise. And type 1, you have to use insulin. There is no other treatment that can help that's homeopathic. There's a stigma that all diabetes is a result of poor eating and diet. Yeah, that is uh, definitely not true. Right. It's not like I was like (laughs) gobbling chocolate when I was a year old. (laughs) So yes, type 1 diabetes is purely autoimmune. So you can't do anything to prevent it or cause it. Mm -hmm. And then type 2 is a result of a poor diet, but then can be turned into type 1. Is that right? It's it's kind of complicated because it can definitely be the result of a long-term poor diet. You can't get type 2 by just eating chocolate. Like (laughs) that's that's another stigma. Like you can get it by just being unhealthy. It's a, it takes it's a, a long, long time. Mm-hmm. It's in conjunction with like obesity and poor diet and poor exercise. Yeah. So it's not like just eating a piece of candy and then you're like, oh, I have type two diabetes. <laughs> it's it's very, it takes a while for it to develop. Right. Okay. Yeah. So you, you got it when you were two, yes. right? Yes. Yes. And then did it take a while for you to get diagnosed or was it like pretty clear that you had diabetes? It did not take that long. So before you're diagnosed with type one diabetes, you go into diabetic ketoacidosis 
acidosis. So that's like wow. when your blood sugar goes up really far. Mm-hmm. So, so, many, so many big words. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so if you show signs of that, you've got like a week until you're like done for. <laughs> well, that's a more like casual speaking. But once you see it, it's extremely obvious. Mm-hmm. Well, weight loss takes kind of a while. Like that takes a little bit. But peeing all the time and drinking everything is pretty obvious. I was drinking out of the watering can. Oh my god. I was like trying to get all... I kept saying, Mommy, I want big water. And she was like, what is wrong with my kid? <laughs> so it's pretty it's obvious. Pretty clear. Yeah. That's different from mine. I didn't get diagnosed for like six months oh, after. Wow. That must have been so frustrating. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really have any idea what was going on. I was just kind of aloof to the whole situation. <laughs> but yeah, no, I didn't. I got sick in March and I didn't get diagnosed until June. That's not wow. six months, but that's a long time. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's a pretty long time. Yeah. So what would you say is the hardest day-to-day thing you struggle with that no one else realizes they do? For example, mine, just for context, was like, I didn't have enough strength to brush my teeth by myself or like mm-hmm. brush my hair or get a glass of water. And I think that those are things that people take for granted. You know what I mean? Definitely. So Definitely. what is something that's like for you? I have to think about everything I eat really, really carefully. Mm-hmm. So I have to like go to the nutrition packs if I don't already remember. And I have to put in the carbs into my insulin pump and then it gives me the insulin and I have to wait 10 to 15 minutes for it to give me insulin before I eat. It's like just a lot of thinking about things that the average person wouldn't have to think about. So that can be really frustrating. And now that I have a constant glucose monitor, I didn't have this when I was a kid. As Mm -hmm. diabetics have to check their blood sugar, of course, to make sure it's okay. And when I was a child, I just checked it like maybe seven times a day, pricking my finger. But now that I have a constant glucose monitor, it's very helpful, but I face my blood sugars all the time. Right. It updates every five minutes. So it's always buzzing or always beeping. Mm -hmm. And I'm always like, oh shoot, now I have to correct. I have to give myself insulin. So it's kind of like 24 seven, you're facing the blood sugars, which can be a source of anxiety because it's like, oh, I need to give myself insulin. Oh my gosh, it's not coming down or oh, I can't bring it back up. Right. Yeah. So you don't have to prick yourself with an insulin pump or is it? So the insulin pump is its own thing. So I put the needle in and it gives me insulin. It lasts for three days. And then the constant glucose monitor, that's on my arm and you put it in it lasts for 10 days and it just constantly reads your blood sugar. I had a different one where you had to calibrate it. So I still had to prick my finger a lot. It almost defeated the purpose of it. The one I have now, I barely have to prick my finger anymore. So that's really nice. Mm -hmm. You have to compromise with everything. It's frustrating to see my blood sugars all the time, but it's also really, really helpful. Right. I mean, obviously you were a really little child, (laughs) but like, did you ever have a fear of needles? Or was was it just not something that ever could be developed? Well, I still hated getting the flu shot and everything. (laughs) It's pricking your fingers and like putting in an insulin pump is nothing like the flu shot. They'll Mm -hmm. tell you it's like a pinch. It's not a pinch when you get the flu shot. (laughs) Like pricking your fingers and putting in the insulin pump. That's a literal pinch. Right. So I still hate getting the flu shot and getting blood work done, but it was never like, and it was scary to do it by myself. Yeah. But just like the needles in general was never really a fear. It was just kind of freaky to do it by myself once I got to the age where I had to. Yeah. I mean, obviously our situations were very different, Mm -hmm. but I had a crippling fear of needles (laughs) and doctors when I first got sick. And so, and mine, I never had to prick for a while. They did a couple times, but I never had to do it by myself. And so I would go to the doctor and I would sit in the infusion lab with an IV yes. in you for like two hours and I would not move my arm. Oh my god! Like with my arm out and they'd be like, you know, you can move your arm. And I'm like, no, I cannot move my arm. I'm the same way. Like I've had to get IVs and everything before in the hospital. Those are still really scary to yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. I think that I actually, I mean, not saying that my disease is a good thing, but I don't have a fear of needles and 
anymore. I used to have to get a weekly injection, mm-hmm. which was exactly like the flu shot. Yeah. So, I mean, and then I had to get shots in my knee. There were like steroid <laughs> shots and like surgery, whatever. So like now I'm not scared of doctor. Actually, yes. I'm more scared of the regular doctor, like going in for a checkup <laughs> than I am from an orthopedic surgeon. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm the same. It's not really scary anymore. It's just like, oh, I have to do this. It's not mm-hmm. like fear. Yeah. So going along those lines, a lot of people have said to me like, I can't imagine that. How would you do that? I could never live that way. But talk about that idea because when you have these things, there is no other way. Exactly. Like, I know they mean well, but mm-hmm. when the people will be like, oh my gosh, I could never do that. I'm so scared of needles. I'm like, you have to if you have this. There is literally no other option. You can still be scared of needles as a diabetic, but it, there is no avoiding it. Really? You say you could never do it, but even if your life depended on it, like... You probably would. Oh my gosh, people. And my condition, like, there are many other more life-threatening serious conditions. Like, I cannot imagine people being like, oh, I can never live like that. Like, people have said that to me and I'm like oh really just I know you mean well but stop talking (laughs) yeah yeah people's opinion I I talked about that in the first episode but like people's opinions really shine through when you have like a problem or something like that so have people like said to you oh if you just ate better well or do people not people just don't even go there well since I was a kid I went to school with other kids so I would explain to them in like the child version right there weren't really many rude people or they just it was just fellow children so they didn't they didn't understand but they if they were accidentally rude it's like you know you're a kid so it's more like people on the internet I guess I follow a lot of diabetics on TikTok and then there's people in the comments that are like you're not eating enough cinnamon (laughs) you're right I'll get right on yeah they're saying crazy stuff because they think they know what they're talking about and then actual diabetics will correct them and they're like I know what I'm talking about (laughs) so you know they can hide behind their profile picture say whatever they want Right. I don't deal with it as much in real life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think that's true. So obviously you need insulin to yes. work your body. So can you talk about insulin prices and consumptions and like that whole it's too much and people can't pay for it, stuff like that? Yes. That's one of the most frustrating things, especially with people online because they don't understand. So the typical insulin that a diabetic would take is called analog insulin. And it's like $300 a bottle. And it costs, I think, around $7 to manufacture. Right. And if you... <laughs> You could drive up to Canada or drive down to Mexico and get it for like $30 a bottle. It's because in the United States, the government has the power to regulate pharmaceutical prices, but they just don't because of lobbying. It's really frustrating. And it's something I talk about a lot, like especially on social media, everything is so expensive. And there are a lot of things that are expensive for a reason. Like a lot of things are very expensive to manufacture, like specialized medical supplies, but insulin itself is very, very cheap to make and produce. And you could go to any other country basically and get it for very cheap right and then people who like don't have either don't have insurance at all or don't have insurance that covers it they're kind of really they're just struggling because Mm -hmm. they have to choose between paying their rent or paying to be alive (laughs) it's crazy yeah and it's crazy to think of because I just happen to have really good insurance right Mm -hmm. now um, because of my mom's job and I'm very very lucky to have that but I think there are what three or five million people in the United States with type 1 diabetes and there are a lot of people that either can't afford to have health insurance or their health insurance isn't good and it doesn't lower the prices enough for their supplies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. A couple years ago, I spoke on a panel with, I don't remember his name. He was like the CEO of Nova Nordisk. Does oh, yeah. mean anything? He was like a 
That's one of the biggest insulin companies, yes. And he was talking about, this is obviously a long time ago, he was talking about like how the prices are so high, but like how it's so hard to bring them down. Mm-hmm. Maybe in another country, I'm not sure, but it was really interesting because for the, the whole like invisible, Ill, you you look normal, like, yeah. right? Like people don't see that. So many people have it, but nobody's aware of it. Yes. Do you know a lot of other people in real life who are your age that have diabetes? It's actually surprising. I went to school with a diabetic mm-hmm. um, at my old school, which was really, really small, like extremely small. And I think there's another diabetic at the school I go to now, but she's like in a couple grades below me. Mm -hmm. And since type 1 diabetes affects mainly children, like mainly children get diagnosed, it's really rare to get diagnosed as an adult. It's easier actually to find people my age with it. Interesting. Yeah, I can look up type 1 diabetes on TikTok and find all sorts of people (laughs) that are in my age group that have it. It's called juvenile diabetes. That's the other name of it because... Because um, so many young people have it. Yeah, it's extremely rare to be diagnosed past 25 or like past 30. Interesting. Like it lasts forever, but it comes. (laughs) It's like I'll come here and entertain you for the whole entirety of your life. Yes. (laughs) Oh my gosh, how exciting. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like I only, I mean, there's like 200,000 kids with arthritis in America that just get diagnosed every year, Mm -hmm. but there's like 350 rheumatologists for those 200,000 children. Wow. I usually just find adults with arthritis. (laughs) Yeah. I think I maybe know one other No, that's a lie. Maybe a couple, but I often bond with, like, grandmas. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh my gosh, hey, you've had your hips replaced? Me too. Yeah. Wow, that's that's really interesting. Yeah. Has insulin gone up, like, in your lifetime? Like, the price? It goes up every year, I think. Oh my gosh. It's, like, constantly going up, in the United States at least, and it depends on, like, what brand and what type. So, like, the analog insulin is what diabetics use. I use a more specialized kind because I my insurance can cover it. It's, like, a more fast-acting one. So that one's expensive for good reason. Mm-hmm. But the formula for the regular insulin that every diabetic takes, it has not changed since 1995. I don't think the formula has changed at all, and the prices still go up all the time. <laughs> and then I see people, like, on the internet either blaming a specific president or saying like, well, it's medicine, it's the field of medicine, they're making new discoveries every day. They're not making new discoveries with insulin. It's been here since like the 30s. That's so funny. <laughs> the one I take is more is like a fast acting one, but the insulin that most diabetics take right now, there are no changes to the formula, nothing is changging, so there is no reason why it should prices it should, should be, be going so up high. other than like packaging. Right. And the packaging should not cost an extra hundred dollars. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I think it's crazy how much insurance affects what you're able to get Mm -hmm. medically because I mean again my situation is very different like I'm not in danger well my joints are in danger (laughs) if I don't take you know I'll just have to get a couple more replacements if if I don't take my medicine but my insurance denied my medication a couple weeks ago and then I like ran out and so I was going a couple days without like medication and obviously I don't go into fast whatever but I like started moving slower and my joints started getting bigger and then it was like okay well what do we do? Get the insurance. I think mine is like $500 a bottle and I go through yeah. it every two weeks. I don't know. I think it's crazy how people think they know what they're talking about mm-hmm. with med. Yeah. It's like a blame it on one specific issue. People mm-hmm. will be like, this is because of capitalism. And it's like not, it's not the concept of capitalism that's making insulin this expensive. Like sure right. that contributes to it, but it's not solely capitalism or it's not solely the fact that we don't have universal insurance. Mm-hmm. Those are all aspects of it that are problems, but it's not one specific issue in the government. Right. So did you feel like you had to like grow up fast because of your disease or like Definitely. feel like you feel like you're more yeah. mature? I think so. I talk about this with my parents sometimes. 
I think it's, well, it's multiple circumstances that I think of maybe like mm-hmm. more of a mature person, but definitely like taking care of my medical needs is when I was younger definitely made me grow up a little bit. Like even when I was really little, I still had to think about everything that I ate. When I was really little, like four and five, my parents just gave me the insulin for me and it wasn't, they weren't necessarily saying like, oh, this has 20 carbs in it. So we're giving you two <laughs> units. Like <laughs> they weren't narrating my like medical. <laughs> right. Pers- like it was, just, it just happened. Yeah. But once I got into, I don't know, fourth grade, I think I started doing more things on my own because, or maybe even third grade. Cause like I was starting to go to sleepovers by myself. Um, so I had to be more responsible with that. So it definitely made me grow up a little bit more, you know, I'm still a normal kid. But <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. You have to, yeah. there's a lot more like, I mean, you can still be impulsive, but it has to be like mm-hmm. impulsive with thought. Yes. Yeah. I just like the supplies alone. I have to bring so many things with me wherever I go. I have to make sure I have like fruit snacks (laughs) in case my blood sugars go down and I have an extra insulin pump site and batteries and everything just in case. Me thinking I can't imagine, but like (laughs) just feeding into the stigma. Um, I can't imagine. That sounds very hard. (laughs) Okay. So you have like a pretty constant diet because it just works and you know it works or are you like a, a food? connoisseur (laughs) it's hard because when you're a teenager or even before you're a teenager your hormones are like going crazy Mm -hmm. and type 1 basically everything affects it even things that you wouldn't imagine like stress Mm -hmm. anxiety hormones because insulin is a hormone I go to an endocrinologist which is a hormone doctor like this is all hormones so when you're a teenager things are crazier Mm -hmm. than they would be if I were an adult so even if I only ate like grilled chicken and salads for every single meal (laughs) my blood sugars would still be a little unpredictable oh, because of right. just everything. Even school, because I tend to get stressed over grades very easily. Yeah. And then if I get stressed for a long period of time, my blood sugars will go up. So. Oh my god. Yeah. So it's not like I necessarily have to stick to a diet. Like, I do eat normal foods and I like eating. It's just like, I have to be extra careful. Right. It. So during exam season? Well, obviously we're not in person. Right. Any, like right now. But this when I was different. at school, it's stressful to go anywhere. <laughs> Yeah. Especially like going on planes or anything. Like they're always like checking you for phones and stuff when you take an exam or whatever. And I'm like, this is not a phone. And I have to give everyone the debrief. Right. My insulin pump. I have to have the stuff with me. Yeah. So that's a frustration in itself. And then I have to worry about like keeping my blood sugars constant while I'm like, taking tests and stuff. Because uh, I don't want to be opening a little bag of fruit snacks while I'm <laughs> taking a test. It's distracting. That's just something I have to worry about more. It's I tend to stress myself out. So it's more up to me because. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just a person that stresses about grades very easily. So, not... It's like a whole nother level of... Yeah. Yeah, I see how how that's stressful. So... I guess that leads into how has diabetes changed your experience in high school and life? And I think we touched upon like the whole like maturity thing and like Mm -hmm. test taking, but did you say anything else? I mean, to be honest, it hasn't changed an insane amount because I've had it for so long. A lot of people get diagnosed when they're like either in elementary school or a teenager. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that would be even crazier to be a teenager. You like set up, you set up your normal and then you like your normals. That's what happened to me is like I had my normal and I Mm -hmm. I was like learning learning how to be a kid and then like everything got switched around and I'm still learning yeah. how to be like, a kid but also because I think I grew up really fast not like I'm all grown up <laughs> 
<laughs> no, like, I just, I have to think about everything I do just yes. because, at least when I was sick, like, I couldn't step over a little rug or mm-hmm. something like that. So I had to plan out, which is, like, what you're saying, too. Yeah. You just have to do a lot more thinking than mm-hmm. the average child or teenager. Right. But if I were diagnosed when I was, like, 14, I think that would be really, that would change a lot more because mm-hmm. I'd already have a routine and, like, school and everything, and then I'd have an interruption, but I was two, so I was still learning how to talk. Right. So <laughs> it wasn't that big of a deal for me. It was more for my parents because they were like, oh, my gosh, <laughs> what is wrong with our child? <laughs> but actually, I should have mentioned this. My aunt has diabetes, so my dad oh. already kind of knew mm-hmm. what it was about. Like, they were still freaking out because they were like, oh, my gosh, our kid is sick. But they, yeah. I already have a family member that has it, so she was definitely helpful for my parents. Mm-hmm. But being a teenager and being in high school, it isn't really that big of a deal. It's just like, you know, packing my stuff for when I go to see friends or like making sure my blood sugars are okay to monitor what I'm eating like at a friend's house. But other than that, it's pretty normal. And even, I don't even have to go to the nurse as much. Like when I was in elementary school, I would go to the nurse a minimum of two times a day because I would go down, she would give me my insulin injection and then I'd write down my blood sugars before snack and before lunch. So now that I'm a teenager, I don't even have to do that. Did they? Okay, at least when I started going to school again, they wanted the nurse who administer my medicine. Did they want you to do that too? Or was it, I I mean, I didn't say yes. I was like, no, I can do it myself. (laughs) Yeah. They, when I came to our school, they offered, they asked if I needed help or anything. And I was like, no. But since I got diagnosed when I was like four or two, (laughs) I came to school when I was four. Right. When my dad wasn't there as much anymore, because like he wanted me to be independent, the nurse would help me. I could give myself insulin injections, but I would still like write down my blood sugars in her office. Mm -hmm. I think that was more of a liability thing too, because like if my blood sugars went down and I like passed out in class, I my school could probably get in trouble for that. Right. So that it was to protect me, but also to protect them. I know. I think that's what they were thinking too. Is like yeah, you're taking strong pain medications. Like, Mm -hmm. should you really be taking those at school? Yeah. It's okay. I'm really like it goes straight to my joints. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, that's interesting. So I wouldn't say my disease comes up in every situation, but I'll like make snide comments about it or stuff like that. Do you do that too? Or is it definitely? Okay, good. My friends will say something and I'm like, is it because I'm diabetic? Are you saying that because I have diabetes? <laughs> Like, I have to let people know if I first meet them, I'm like, you can laugh at this. I do that too. Because, <laughs> like, I make jokes about diabetes all the time, especially the really dumb ones that I would get mad at for other people making. I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have eaten so much food. That's why I have diabetes. <laughs> and people are like, really? You can't say that. I'm like, I'm the one that has it. <laughs> yeah, I'm always saying dumb stuff like that. <laughs> so I know. Yeah. I remember in eighth grade, I, I used to do that. And then people would be like, uh, and I'm like, no, no, it's okay. <laughs> like, it's really okay. The funny thing is, I've had so many coincidences happen throughout my thing. So one of them was, my mom hates the sound of cracking your knuckles. Oh. And so when I was younger, I think maybe it wasn't just her. She used to be like, that's going to give you arthritis. Oh. <laughs> like, you're going to get arthritis. And I'm like, no. <laughs> Disclaimer, that does not give you arthritis. Yes. <laughs> but then I got arthritis and my mom was like, see, I don't. <laughs> Actually, no, I think maybe I said that my mom like almost cried. She's like, no, I didn't mean it that way. Have you had any, like, scares? Like, have you ever ended up in the hospital or something like that? Well, so, like, diabetes, I take a medication that lowers your immune strength. Yeah, Yeah. so I've been to the hospital a couple of times for, like, regular sicknesses that some people wouldn't have to go to the hospital for. But I've only really had one, like, bad scare. So the opposite of insulin is glucagon. It's, like, it does the entirely opposite effect. So 
it brings your blood sugar up. It's an mm-hmm. emergency medication. And I've only had to get it once, which I kind of brag about <laughs> because I have to carry it with me everywhere. But I was like mini golfing with my dad and I was four and I almost passed out and I was like on sitting on the bench and he's like got out this huge needle. <laughs> People were like, oh my God. My mom, when I went to camp, when I got the weekly injections, it's like yellow liquid and like a tiny little needle. And so he would stop in the sheets parking lot and she would give me my shot and it literally looked like a mom was giving her child heroin. Yes, I have the exact same problem. <laughs> yeah, and people were looking at me like, um, are you supposed to be doing that? Yeah, like now that I have my insulin pump, it doesn't look as bad, but like I literally carry syringes around with me. Like that's so, that does not look good for me. <laughs> Obviously, corona would affect you differently. Yes. When the pandemic started, talk about your relationship with <laughs> corona, I guess. Yeah, I just had to start being careful earlier. Even more than you already were. Yeah, because I told my parents about it because I found out in like February, that's when everyone was talking about it. And they were like, oh, you know, we don't have to worry about it that much. And then it was March. Yeah. <laughs> and then they were like, never mind. Just You're kidding. staying home and not leaving. Yeah. So, so far, I've only really gone out for like doctor's appointments and I've been to the store a couple of times. I think in the summer, I like went out with friends and we stayed outside, like, with masks on and everything. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I've been, like, at home or, like, walking around my house outside. <laughs> and that's yeah. that's about it. And my parents are also compromised. They have their own issues. Like, they don't have diabetes, but they have compromised immune systems. So they have to be extra careful, too. So at least it's not like I feel bad because they have to be careful because of me. So we just haven't really done that much. <laughs> and I've just I mean, done my online school. That's yeah. It. Uh, maybe this was earlier, but I got a Nintendo Switch. So that was really fun. <laughs> I'm trying to think about what I, I don't know. I think quarantine, I had already done quarantine, like quarantine kind of. So it, it honestly does not feel that different to me. But I mean, okay, so like the not seeing friends thing, like that's different. But yeah, I didn't know any better. Like I was mm-hmm. only in real real school for like an, a year maybe mm-hmm. so I think that this has not affected me mentally as much as everyone else but like yeah. have you been affected mentally by the whole corona and like not being able to see your friends definitely like it's really frustrating not being able to be at school and like see your friends and everything but at the same time I don't want to be there because <laughs> I don't want to risk yeah. anything I mean I've always been kind of an introvert and I've been always like <laughs> one to keep to myself not like I don't have friends like I love <laughs> I love hanging out with my friends and stuff but it's easy for me to be alone and I don't get like, yeah I don't get antsy being mm-hmm. by myself. I'm totally fine being alone, like, mm-hmm. just hanging out by myself. I guess another question is, is there, do people ever say, like, there's, like, going to be a way out of this lifestyle? You're ever, like, not going to have to give yourself insulin every day, three days. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah. Like, it would be really nice if there were, <laughs> every year they're, like, in 10 years, there's going to be a cure. <laughs> and then there isn't. So, the, but there's always new technology coming out. Like, my aunt, she was diagnosed when she was 12 or 13, and that was in the 70s. So she was getting one insulin injection a day, which is really weird considering now diabetics give themselves multiple injections over every single day. Mm -hmm. And there's even two different types of insulin that they use. And hers was pig insulin. Like it was derived from pigs because they have a similar body that humans do as in their organ functions. Mm -hmm. So that's something that has changed a lot. So there's always new changes. So I'm sure things will get easier. Mm -hmm. I don't know if there will ever be an actual cure. You can't really have a pancreas transplant when you're a diabetic because first of all there there's not enough pancreases in the world to get 
to replace them. Those are mainly saved for either people with like pancreatitis or pancreatic cancer, things mm-hmm. like that. And also, lucky us, the pancreas is almost like jelly. Oh. So replacing it would be so tedious right. and really, really just very difficult. You guys really got the short end of the stick. Yeah. <laughs> we got like the worst organ that could <laughs> stop working. That's so interesting that the way the insulin is administered has changed too. Like would people, yeah. diabetics today, like would they even, would it work to have one insulin syringe a day? Like would that even, or her, your aunt, for example, like would that still work? Her body is used to newer like insulin stuff. Like you could survive with it, but you wouldn't be as healthy mm-hmm. as you would if you took like the regular insulin and everything. Right. Well, there was no like monitoring of the blood sugar. You didn't really check it at home. So it was kind of just like, oh, take this insulin. We'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. So I see this thing all the time when people are talking about insulin prices and everything. Um, This is just a little anecdote. People are like, they sell insulin at Walmart for like $25. Just go buy it. <laughs> Diabetics cannot buy the Walmart insulin because this is something I learned recently, actually. So the regular analog insulin that diabetics take, it works in 15 minutes. So you take it and then 15 minutes later, the insulin hits your body and then it lowers your blood sugar. Mm-hmm. And the insulin they sell at Walmart is like the pig insulin that they used to take a long time ago. So it mimics human insulin, the long lasting kind. So it hits after four hours. So if a diabetic were to take it the same way they do their regular insulin mm-hmm. and they take it, it wouldn't do anything. Their reaction would be, oh, I just need to take more. And then it would all hit at like four hours. Oh. And then it's super, super low blood sugar to the point where you might not even, you might need like resuscitation. So. Oh my God. Yeah. If anyone ever says you can buy insulin at Walmart. Type 1 diabetics cannot buy a Walmart insulin. Like, the kind they sell. It is not for us. So is that not, like, common knowledge? Like, someone could go and accidentally administer too much and then... Some people have had to do it. They couldn't afford regular insulin. And it's just, like... That's so unfortunate. So are you, like, close to your aunt? Because... Yes. We, like, text and stuff. And <laughs> we talk. <laughs> Gives me, like, advice and stuff. Or we did, we can um, just, like, talk about diet stuff. Because sometimes, like, my parents do not get it. Well, they get it because they've dealt with having it's like it. the um, difference between sympathy and empathy. Definitely, yeah. They understand like the medical aspect and everything, but they're not like in my head. <laughs> so they right. don't. So I get frustrated about things, and they're like, "Just give yourself insulin." Or like, you know, just. <laughs> well, no, that sounds wrong. No, they're not telling me to give myself insulin for random things. But it's no, yeah. I will get frustrated about having a high blood sugar, and they're like, "Just give yourself insulin." But in my head, I'm like, "I already gave myself insulin, and it's not going down because for some reason, like, I'm very resistant today." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean. I totally, I totally get that. And then when I first, I had this, I, something happened with my back. And so I don't really, like, obviously I don't know what it looks like from an outside perspective. And I like, I couldn't sit backwards and I would oh. like scream and I'd reach for them, like pull me up. Wow. And then they'd be like, do we need to call the ambulance? And I would, as I got up, I'd be like, no, I'm fine. <laughs> and like, I knew I wasn't dying. Like I, yeah. I knew I was going to be okay eventually, but from the outside, it looked like I was dying. Okay. Not similar because like, I don't, your diagnosis, right. but my blood sugars will go down sometimes and I'm like sprawled out on the couch. I'm like, please get me a Coke. Please get me fruit snacks. Because they don't, I can't describe how it feels to have a low blood sugar. It's kind of like being nauseous, but it's being nauseous with the urge to eat everything. And like, you can't feel some parts of your body. Like you get numb. It's a really not pleasant. I just 
want to eat everything to make it go away. And it's frustrating for everyone because I'm like, I need more fruit snacks or whatever. And my parents are like, if you eat more, your blood sugars are going to spike and go really high. Mm -hmm. But it's like you want to get rid of the feeling. So that's right. frustrating for both of us because I just want to eat everything in the kitchen. And they're like, you're going to regret it. <laughs> it's a weird balance because like if you eat too much, oh, yeah. you spike. But like if you don't eat, like you're low. It's like Goldilocks. <laughs> like not too much, but not too little. Right. It's weird like that because if I give myself too much insulin, it's it can easily become a cycle mm -hmm. of like low blood sugar and high blood sugar. You have to get to the middle somehow. And sometimes it's difficult because like when I have a low blood sugar, I want to eat everything. And then I eat everything and my blood sugar goes really high. And then if I overcorrect or like give myself too much insulin, I go low again. And then can you like you can feel when it goes low, but like can you feel when your body like changes you? Is it like a warning? Yeah. Well, the good thing about the constant glucose monitor is it oh. gives you warnings. Mm -hmm. It's really helpful for people. Some people are like, like they can't feel it when they go low and then they feel it when it's like too late. It's almost. Too That's actually really common in kids. Well, when you're really young, you don't know how to articulate what's going on mm -hmm. and you don't even know what is going on. Mm -hmm. Or on the flip side, if you are consistently have a higher blood sugar, if you go to a normal blood sugar, it can feel low, which is really <laughs> frustrating. I've had that yeah. before. Um, oh, that's a weird, like it is right, but it doesn't yeah. feel right. Because when you get used to something, it, anything below or above will feel really weird. So like sometimes if I'm running high consistently, I should feel sick, but it feels normal. And then if I go to a normal blood sugar, which would be like 100, 100 is a good number to be at. It'll mm -hmm. feel like I'm lower than that. So that's um, just something I have to kind of get through. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Like, I don't know what that feels like, mm -hmm. right? And so, like, I can sympathize with you, but I, yeah. I can't understand your pain. Yeah, and I'm the same with you. Like, I, I would be really frustrated. And it's no, just I'm... crazy to think about me having your diagnosis yeah. and you having mine. It's crazy. <laughs> it used to bother me when people are like, it's fine. You'll be okay. Yes. Like, oh I, my I know I'll be okay, but also, like, acknowledge mm -hmm. that I am struggling here. Yeah. You can compare anything to anything else and it'll mm -hmm. look, like, either worse or better. Yeah. At least you don't have this or at least you're not dead. Yeah. Okay, so the thing that was, that's funny that happened with me is throughout my whole really bad sickness, I was on steroids, mm -hmm. and it was this steroid called prednisone, and prednisone makes you, at least for a lot of people, makes you crazy. No. Oh. And so I was very superstitious. Mm -hmm. And also I thought I would go to sleep and you have these things. One of my mom's friends was on prednisone one time and she described it as prednisone dreams. And Ooh. she would wake up and she would turn on like the infomercial commercial like <laughs> television and bought like plate at 2 a.m. Oh on the TV. Gosh. And so I would, my fear was that someone was breaking in. And oh. so I would go to sleep and I would have these super realistic dreams. I know that no one ever broke into my house, but in my head, I remember people breaking into my house. That's so scary. Like, it was so creepy. So anyway, one of my things was, like, if I didn't think of, like, I would go through these periods where, like, if I didn't think of everyone in my life that I wanted to save, they would all die. Like, that's what I thought. Wow. And that's so then... really scary. <laughs> yeah. It was super weird. So one of my things then was, like, don't wish away what you have for something worse. Mm-hmm. And so I never said, I wish I never had this because I was worried that I would get something else. Wow. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, obviously, I'm very fortunate not to have cancer, mm -hmm. but that doesn't invalidate my yes. thing. That's something I struggled with a lot because I felt like I couldn't complain because mm -hmm. it's like someone has something worse. Everyone has something worse. Like, yeah. there's always going to be something worse than what you have. So that was yeah. like a struggle for me. Yeah. I also, I don't like, I don't want my illness to consume my personality. Mm -hmm. And Definitely. so, obviously, I'm very open about it. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't want people to think that that's all there is to me. 
So like I'll make I jokes on my thing. own, but like, and I'm I'm happy when you make jokes, but like it's not everything that we yeah. like, talk about. I have the same thought. <laughs> I was telling my parents, I'm like, you know, it's almost inevitable that I'm gonna be like class diabetic for the superlatives. <laughs> And part of me is like, that's so funny. And part of me is like, it's not my whole personality. Yeah. But that would be really funny. Because I am the class diabetic. <laughs> How do you feel being the only special one? Oh my <laughs> Yeah, she's truly one of a kind. <laughs> also, I hated like being a burden. The whole... Me too. Right. Which is like what I talked about in the first one too. But I just, I didn't want anyone to help me. But I also mm-hmm. couldn't help myself. And you, you couldn't administer your own insulin for a while when you were younger. Yeah. That was something I dealt with a lot too. Like I felt really bad for my parents. Of course, like when you have a kid, you sign up for basically anything that happens to them. So so like, you know, when you have a kid, something bad might happen. You have to just mm-hmm. go with it. But it's also like, I feel bad. They had to do all this stuff for me. Mm-hmm. But then again, it's, I'm also... And it's a lot of money too. Oh, yeah. It's very expensive to have a chronically ill. Yeah, like I'm lucky we have really good insurance, but there's been like out-of-pocket things. And even the co-pays add yeah. up from doctor's appointments. And you do have to pay, even though I have really good insurance, we do have to pay a little bit. Mm-hmm. So it adds up over time because I don't just have insulin. Right. I have the insulin pump and then the CGM. So that is... The parts. We're lucky that we have good insurance on that part, but it still, yeah. it still adds up. And th- yeah. that was something I was really concerned about for a while, especially with like when we were in the middle of the election process. I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I started looking at colleges outside of the United States. I knew it was not going to happen pretty much, but just in case if they did, if the Supreme Court overturned the Affordable Care Act, yeah. I have this school in Ireland as a backup. <laughs> The Affordable Care Act, that's what allows you to stay on your parents' insurance for so long. Yeah. So if I got off my parents' insurance at 18 because they, like, overturned it, mm-hmm. I would have to pay for a lot of this out of pocket. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, well, I'm looking at colleges in Canada now, <laughs> just in case. And my parents were like, we don't want you to go to Canada. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, well, I don't have any, yeah. anywhere else to go. I don't yeah. have to worry about that now. But that was, yeah. like, something I was genuinely considering. Yeah. No, I think that was interesting because, like, the portion that went to... To medical care in 2017 when I wasn't sick yet, t- 2018 was like a drastic different yeah. percentage. And it's like a lot of money. And we're mm-hmm. fortunate enough to like be able to pay the co-pays and like be able to get into doctors. Doctors yes. are very hard to like Definitely. get into. Especially People- if you have something like there's endocrinologists everywhere, but if you're seeing like surgeons and everything like that, that's really difficult to be able yeah. to see them. But also like, I don't know if you've ever had a doctor like this, but doctors have waiting lists. Yeah. And it's like, when it well, okay, I'll just wait my turn while I'm like, <laughs> Just sitting here. Like, what are you supposed to do with yeah, that? Yeah, I don't think I've ever had to be on a waiting list for that type of thing because I've never had, like, surgeries or mm-hmm. anything. But I've definitely, like, seen multiple doctors. We can commiserate on that, having to see doctors all the time. Yeah. Good thing I'm not super scared of them anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I totally get that. Even when it's for things that aren't diabetes related. Because mm-hmm. I've had, like... No, yeah. You've, you've probably heard about me dislocating my knee while I... Oh, During yes. the musical. Yeah. That was, like, really freaky because I thought there... This is going to sound weird, but apparently the doctor literally said you have bendy knees <laughs> like that's what the doctor said to me which was really weird and I thought there was something wrong with me for the longest time apparently I'm just more flexible which I mean made my knee go out <laughs> oh yeah yeah that was but that was like a, sc- a little bit of a scary moment in time
time because I thought there was something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Going back to what I was saying in the beginning of this, rheumatologist is the doctor for like all joint things. But I'm not scared to go to a rheumatologist. Like I know what's happening there, but I'll yeah. go to my checkup and I'm nervous that I'm gonna something else is gonna be wrong. Yeah, there's more unknown going mm-hmm. to a yearly checkup than there is going to my rheumatologist. Definitely, even with the most basic like cold or flu or anything, since we both have more suppressed immune systems, that yeah. can be scarier than even seeing like your specialist. Yeah, I love my specialist. She's yeah. So nice. <laughs> I bet, I mean, even, like, me, too, even though I have, I have a a lot of, like, costs covered by insurance, but, like, I wasn't even that much aware of Supreme Court ruling. I don't want to say ignorant, because that's not the word, but, like, when you don't need to know these things, or, like, you don't need to advocate for yourself. Like, oblivious, I guess. Yeah. Like, that would be, because it's not like they're choosing to be, to not know. Mm Mm-hmm. There's this whole world that people are totally unaware of. Mm Mm-hmm. I know it was frustrating for my parents, too, when I was talking about it, because they're always like, oh, we'll always pay for your medical stuff. You'll never have to worry. Like, and that's really nice of them but also I want them to be able to live <laughs> yeah I don't want them to have to pay for my medicine when mm-hmm. I'm an adult I would feel so bad but it's crazy like why do we feel bad like I yeah. like it's a, and I think it's out of like common decency and like mm-hmm. you know you've taken care of me for 18 years or 20 yeah. years whatever how long but like you shouldn't stop to pay but like you needed to survive yeah like why it's so weird that people feel bad about things they can't help mm-hmm. it's hard to not feel guilty because yeah. my parents don't want me to feel that obviously it's literally mm-hmm. their job like it's their legal <laughs> obligation <laughs> to provide me with medicine. Like, right. they cannot... If they decided to stop giving me insulin, they would literally go to jail. <laughs> but still... Yeah. But you feel bad for, like, mm-hmm. making them do it. Yeah, my dad, he well, he was a stay-at-home dad for, like, 10 years. And he, like, did all my medical stuff from the time I got diagnosed. He took care of my baby needs when I was a baby. <laughs> yeah. And then he... I started to become a little more independent because I was two, so I could, like, you know, walk. Mm-hmm. And then, all of a sudden, here I am in the hospital, and it's just, like, another thing that they have to worry about. Yeah. Still, like, a toddler... It's not like I can check my own blood sugar. Right. I, you can't expect a toddler to do that. So it's like a whole She's other... like, okay, now time to do your own shots. Yeah, that would be... Oh, uh, that would not work. I know that it's just part of your lifestyle. It's your normal. But, like, I commend you for being brave enough to give yourself your own shots. Thanks. At such an early... I mean, I'm just going to put it out there. They are really tiny. <laughs> like, okay, but mine were tiny, too. And I was like, mom... <laughs> <laughs> no, I seriously was like that for a long time. The insulin pump, like, it is a needle that goes into your body. Mm-hmm. And I, my dad put it in for me up until like sixth grade and he was like okay you're in middle school like you can do this by yourself he's more than happy to help me with anything Mm -hmm. but he was like you kind of have to well you can't be in college yeah like you can't be in college and call us to be like can you put in my insulin pump (laughs) (laughs) yeah I think I've said this before but I went through a lot of different medications and they were all different one of the first ones was like you know that pen that people take when they get allergies yes so I had one of those and obviously I think I could have done that only lasted for like nine months Mm -hmm. and that one hurt so I was like someone else do it yeah. <laughs> and then infusions, I obviously had to go to a clinic for that. But the last needle medicine I took was like a small syringe. So obviously I could have done that myself if it had continued. But thankfully, there's like a pill form that mm-hmm. works. Yeah, I just, whenever someone takes blood or like does a needle, I look the other way. Oh yeah, same. Like I get blood work done every three months, I think. I cannot mm-hmm. look yeah. at all or I will pass out. I don't know what it is, but I cannot look at my own blood. It's really freaky. I literally want to be a doctor, but I can't look at my own blood. <laughs> That's so interesting. Like, I'm not afraid of, I'll see, like, the vials or whatever. Like, that doesn't scare me. And, like, the needle outside of my body doesn't scare me. But something about, like, piercing is just, like, but I'll get, I got my ears pierced four times. 
oh wow and i i electively did that and mm-hmm. it didn't hurt and i wasn't scared of it but as soon as someone is gonna like inject me with something i'm like okay well i'll look over here and you do that over here the diabetes stuff doesn't really freak me out anymore mm-hmm. but getting blood work done getting a flu shot that still is freaky yeah. like i'm not scared of it but it's like oh it's cute yeah i think it just goes to show like coming back to like i have no idea how you do it it becomes normal yeah. it just happens mm-hmm. you know it's just as much as like waking up getting dressed like your routine like you yeah have, yeah it's like you know get up brush my teeth, give myself insulin, <laughs> eat breakfast. Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't even think about, like, how it's weird for... It would be weird for someone else to do it because it's so normal. <laughs> I wrote an English paper about this, actually. Like, how unpredictable it is, but also I just kind of go with it because mm-hmm. it's just how my life is. Like, right. it's, it's just normal. Yeah. Whenever I would go to the doctor, literally couldn't stand up for myself. And they'd be like, what's your pain level? Zero to ten. And I'd be like, mm, four. <laughs> And they'd be like, no, sweetie, like, what is your pain level? I'm like, well, maybe a three today, actually. And it's just my mom would be like, aren't you in pain? And I'm like, well, I don't remember what it's like not having this. Yeah. So if my, I don't know if this makes sense, but like if my disease and body and like the way I'm feeling was put into you, you would probably be like, what is this? Like, I need to go to the hospital Mm -hmm. because it's not normal for you. Yeah. But I've had this for a year and a half and I don't mm-hmm. remember what it's like otherwise. Yeah. Like if someone had a low blood, like an actual low blood sugar and not mm-hmm. the feeling that they needed to eat, but an actual low blood sugar, they would be like, I need to go to the hospital because yeah. I can barely walk. Right. If my blood sugar gets too low, I will have to lay down. Like I can't walk. Mm-hmm. I've had pain. <laughs> I would have to get like escorted to the nurse's office if oh. my blood sugar was too low. Mm-hmm. Or even if it wasn't that low, but I still needed to go, they'd have like two people come with me, like holding my hands <laughs> just in case. Yeah. So I wouldn't fall down the stairs. Oh. And then people look at you and you're like, are you sure you're okay? And it's like, yes, because it's part of your, it's part of your routine. It's just normal. Yeah. The pain scale is weird because I saw, again, TikTok, I saw like a TikTok doctor Mm -hmm. and he was like, if I ask for your pain on a scale of one to 10 and you give me an 11, I'm not taking you seriously. Like what? 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 You're, you went to medical school for four years and you can't understand like the concept of a hyperbole. (laughs) And like the pain scale is different for everyone too. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly like what you said. Like if I had like your pain level, right now I'd be like oh my gosh right what the heck is going on yeah and you're just like whatever right it's just totally routine going back to what you're saying about the nurse's office totally needing to lie down I used to have this like shooting I can't even describe like you can't describe like that yeah. low blood sugar I used to have this shooting pain in my ankle and I like could not put pressure on my ankle Ooh. and so I would not be able to walk I was like crossing the street and it happened and I was like okay I'm not moving like I can't do it sorry yeah I'm just gonna stand here for a second my parents would be like okay well we need to move and I'm like mm, no <laughs> That's so scary. Yeah. Like, I've had to be like, I have to sit down for like five minutes. Like, I've done that before. Going on a walk with my mom or something, I'm like, let me sit down in the grass real quick and have a pack of fruit snacks. And, yeah. then, I'll, and then I'll get back up. Mm-hmm. And also, yeah. my mom is, she cares about me very much. So, anytime, <laughs> literally, anytime I have a low blood sugar after having this disease for 14 years, mm-hmm. she's like, are you okay? <laughs> let me get you a Coke. Yeah. Lily, please, please stay calm. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, I'm calm. You need to calm. Yeah. No, my mom does that too i think it's just something about your child like Mm -hmm. being sick or even so the ankle was like a very traumatic thing for my mom i think just Mm -hmm. because it happens so often and so anytime i really don't have any pain anymore like i'm thankful for that Mm -hmm. or maybe i do i'm not sure yeah (laughs) but anytime like i mentioned i think i twisted my ankle the other day and i like mentioned oh my ankle hurts and she was like what 
do we, need to, do we need to go to the doctor? Like, are you okay? I'm like, no, no. Like, normal? Like, it's yeah. okay. Yes. Okay, this is kind of similar to what you're saying. Mm-hmm. When you have a high blood sugar, you get really thirsty. So mm-hmm. every time I get thirsty, I have to think, am I having a high blood sugar or am I thirsty like a normal person? It's something I have to think about that I never even realize people don't contemplate. Because right. sometimes I'll be thirsty. I'll check myself. My blood sugar is fine. And then I'm like, oh, I just am thirsty <laughs> like a normal it's person. Normal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. Someone was telling me who has... ADHD that she doesn't. I don't know if it's for everyone, Mm -hmm. but they can't picture things ahead. Oh. So like when you're driving, you're okay, I'm stopping at a stoplight. Like I'm going to turn right. So now I'm going to turn on my blinker. Mm -hmm. But it's like she didn't picture that happening. Oh. So like she gets the stop sign and then it's you turn on your blinker. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But like I always picture things before. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have to because like where am I going? What does that place look like? Like, yes. You know? So it's just so it's crazy how Mm -hmm. people's minds and like illnesses and just like ways that people live. Yeah. And everyone has something. Like Mm -hmm. I know that we all live a separate way, but then we just have this common normal. But normally isn't even normal. Yeah. What is normal? <laughs> okay, so what is one thing you want them to take away? One thing from, like, your story or your experiences, like, one thing. Well, I mean, I'd probably want them to know the difference between, like, type 1 and type 2 diabetes. Because yeah. that's pretty, that's a good thing to know. Yeah. It's not all about eating people. Yes, definitely. And just, like, I don't know, something that I'm thinking about is, like, we all have these different, we all have perspectives, obviously. <laughs> Why would I say that? Yes, no, I know we do mean. all have perspective, but it's it's just interesting to think about like how we all perceive things differently, and that's something mm-hmm. I'm gonna think about like more often. So I hope more people think about that too. Yeah, I think that the biggest thing that I've taken away from my illness is that people who have had hardship are more empathetic. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree. Yeah. So, I don't know. And with that, thank you everyone for listening. And thank you, Lily, for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Bye, guys. 